We got a comment in response to our last episode. I'm just going to read it. It's by VST Hero. Fionioni. One thing I thought they didn't really get into on the new episode was mental fatigue, and also when one becomes hyper-focused on learning work and starts to lose touch with any kind of less demanding, fun, break social activities. It can sometimes feel like having two or three jobs. Wonderful ones, but there's a risk of burnout or losing ability to rest or feeling lost when you have suddenly lo- when you suddenly have time but are too fatigued to do those activities. The ability to cultivate rest seems like an important skill in itself. I also think, during that fatigue window, we're all more vulnerable to attention sponges or low-demand, high-reinforcing behaviors that are not beneficial. I'm trying to combat those with long walks and podcasts instead of phone scrolling or games that are too compulsive. Okay. This uh, beautiful comment, very insightful, captures a lot of uh, the, the problem here, which is something we didn't really get into last week. So last week, we had talked about the dark playground, which is Tim Urban's word for it that I really like. Uh, where you're you're kind of working, but you're kind of not. You're you're never focusing for all that long. You just sort of keep flipping back and forth between something amusing and then something you're supposed to be doing, and and you you kind of do that all day long when you're working, and then when you're done, you're not really done because you're like ah, I still have stuff to do, so I'm gonna kind of do it while I watch TV and back and forth, and it's just this kind of gross mix of everything that just blends together all day. That's the the dark playground, right? We're just we're taking his word because I like it. Yeah, you're not really able to relax. You're not able to work. Think, yeah, yeah, like you're not able to relax. You're not able to work. You're not really able to do anything. It kind of sucks. Or it objectively sucks. It's bad. So our our thoughts on that were mostly that the the root of the problem is is not really being able to get yourself to focus deeply and intensely when you need to. When you start the work day, you want to be able to really focus and not be flipping back and forth with other random stuff. Uh, and as a result of that, in theory at least, you, you get done and then you can stop. And you can feel good that you did what you needed to do you know, during that period of time and now you can relax. And you aren't just blending these two things together. And whether the eight hours of work and then X number of hours of leisure is the thing that makes the most sense, who knows? That's just a random thing that society made up. But regardless being able to to kind of compartmentalize your time into i'm doing these things and that's all i'm doing and then i'm doing these things and relaxing things even and that's all i'm doing there's i think a huge huge benefit to that and it mostly comes down to you being able to focus well is that a fair summary of last week's extremely long episode okay oh we could have made last episode really short yeah yeah just learn how to focus there you go so Okay, let me just tell you what happened to me this week, because what VST Hero is talking about is so perfectly spot on with my exact experience of what what happened. Okay, I'll see you later. So, oh, you're back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, I just I should have kept talking, but it distracted me too much. Which is ironic because I'm going to talk about how great my focus has become. So that's. Just a wonderful I little just, demonstration. I just had to run and, and turn my fan because it was facing the wrong okay. way. Okay, so thanks that, for explaining that to us. Yeah, <laughs> For anyone listening, Dan just took his headphones off and disappeared, and I should have <laughs> kept going, but couldn't. 
All right, whatever. Here, thanks I for that. The, Here's what happened this week. Symbol to continue, yeah, yeah, yeah. but okay. I'm not an actor. I'm not a newscaster. I don't. All right. For the past two weeks, uh, it, before we did our podcast uh, last week on Focus and everything, I had been making a huge priority of this. I really felt like I was stuck in the dark playground, more or less, where I'm just really having a hard time getting focused. So I put my phone away for realsies. I mean, I just, it has not, other than very small little things, it really hasn't been unplugged. I don't use, I haven't used it at all for weeks. And that was part of our prescription for lack of focus is, you know, if you're, if you aren't constantly gratifying little impulses that you get all the time, you start to, your, your mind starts to settle down where you aren't looking for something to occupy your mind every few seconds, right? So that, that was part of it. I've been getting up at exactly the same time every morning, eight o'clock, walk the dog, have my ritual down to the minute. I'm at a coffee shop by 8.30. And then from 8.30 to 9.30, two Pomodoros. I'm working on passion projects. You know, first thing that I put my mind to is something I really care about, really want to make happen. And that's been amazing. Just really super rewarding. Been absolutely loving that. I kind of think it's something everyone should do. And then from 9.30 onwards, I'm, I'm at work doing my normal job. But I've been so attentive and careful about the focus part. Any time where I'm supposed to be working or, or putting forth effort, everything's off. There's no Discord. There's no Slack. There's no nothing. All the notifications are gone. I, I don't have a browser window accessible. I'm just I'm focused. I'm there. And I've just been really cultivating that for the past few weeks. I've just, I mean, that's been, my focus has been on focus. And it takes, it's taken time. It's been growing from day to day, but it's gotten better and better and better to the point where this week it's been really good. I mean, about as good as it's been in a long time. Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm just killing it. Like on these, these projects that I'm working on, I'm making all kinds of progress and stuff that I just wasn't able to get anywhere with for the longest time at work has, I've been killing it at work, solving things that we didn't really think were solvable and just really doing an amazing job in my not very humble opinion, I guess. <laughs> so going great. Right. But on, on Wednesday, <laughs> I'm starting to get the sense that something's not quite right. Wait, how, how many days had it been up to this point? About two. I mean, it's it's it was a ramp up, but let's say around two weeks. You know, this is hitting okay. kind of the peak of around two weeks of effort. And and we tried to stress this last week. I believe it 100%. Focus is not a switch you turn off and on. It's, it's a thing you train. It, it develops from day to day to day. Like your mind starts to get used to this certain mode and it just gets better over a period of time. Right. So it's I've been building this and it's gotten pretty good. Really, really happy with it. Or I was. Okay. So on Wednesday, I'm at the coffee shop and a friend of mine is there and she's there relatively often. So, I, you know, we, we usually kind of talk and hang out for a little bit and then we both kind of work. And it's, it's always nice because there's a little bit of distraction. You kind of get a break and then you go back to it and it's a little bit of just it's nice. But on Wednesday, she's there. We're kind of talking and I can tell that I'm talking to her and I'm just, I'm not really there. I just, I know that I'm not really there. My mind is still thinking about this work stuff, project stuff. And it, it just, the conversation feels kind of boring and unimportant. 
Which is a horrible thing. I mean, that's just an absolute jerk way to be, to be talking to your friend and just have this feeling inside of like, oh, I, I hope she's done talking soon because I, I want to get back to this thing that I think is really important. Like, I just I can't stop thinking about, right? So again, that's super crappy. Um, but I'm just, that's kind of what's happening in my head. And then it's, it's the end of the day and I, I put everything away and I, I take a shower and I'm still just thinking about all this stuff. I just, I can't stop. And I eat dinner and I'm still thinking about all this stuff. And it's like, I, I can't switch it off. And I, I go to play a game. You know, I have my new Steam Deck and I'm so excited about it. I play a game for a few minutes and it's just, I can't really focus, can't get into it. Try reading, can't really get into that. And before I even realize it, I'm back at the computer. Like, oh, I just have this one idea. I really want to hash it out, right? Just, you know, no big deal. Just be a few minutes. Sure enough, four hours later, I'm like still at it. It's late. I need to go to bed. Finally, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I'm going to bed. I'm laying in bed, and it's almost like a fever dream where my brain is still thinking about all this stuff. You know, I, I one of the things I'm working on is what's called a conflict-free replicated data type. This thing that I've just been like trying to learn and understand and watching all these lectures on, like, oh, I got to build this CRDT and the system. And it's, it's like my mind is stuck in this loop where it just keeps playing stuff. And I, I close my eyes and I see these little SQL statements and, and event lists and event buffers and client syncs. And it's like just all there. And it doesn't even really make sense anymore. It's just filling my brain. I close my eyes, I'm trying to sleep, and it's like it's still running, it's still just, all this stuff keeps popping up. I wake up in the middle of the night, still there. My mind is, like, while I'm asleep, all these things are still happening in my mind. I wake up the next morning, same thing, even in that half-conscious waking state, it's still just playing through repetitively, obsessively. And I feel a little bit like I'm losing it. I mean, it's it's not... Up to that point, it had gotten pretty exciting because it just feels like a superpower where I can just focus really intently and do all this stuff. But it's like the power has grown too big and it's starting to eat me. And I just, it's, I can't disengage from anything. So that's Wednesday night. Thursday is when I make this mistake that it, at work, at my actual job. And it turned out okay it really, it, in the end, it was fine, other than just making my own mental situation even worse. But it really could have gone very south. It could have derailed this entire project and really messed us up. So I'll try not to get too into the weeds with this. But basically, what happened? Me and this other guy, we're kind of on this team. We're up against a deadline trying to get this thing built and delivered by the end of the week. Because he's going on vacation, it's got to be done before then. So really, for his benefit, like he needs to be able to just call it done and be gone. So we're trying to build this product. And right now, uh, we have an iPhone app. And it, it, it shows a whole bunch of videos. Like this big list of all these little videos that are all on screen. And you're kind of scrolling through them, right? It doesn't really matter. But it works great on iPhone. We're trying to build this for Chrome. And so everything's getting built and set up and he's really working away at this stuff. And we're, we're almost done, or think we're almost done. And then we realize that the video encoding that we had for the iPhone, all these videos are encoded with the H.265 codec, which doesn't really matter what that means, just a codec. Um, it doesn't work in Chrome. And we're like, 
holy crap, this is a huge, huge problem. All of our videos don't work in Chrome. And so I'm like, you know, don't worry about it. You keep working. I will take care today, Thursday, I will take care of getting all of our source files re-rendered out to H.264, which should work in Chrome. And he's like, yeah, okay, great. If you can do that, then I can get this other stuff finished up. We'll still make this happen. And I'm like, cool. Should we do AV1? That's this other video format. It's, it's kind of newer. It's a little bit fancier. It's actually better. It's, you know, better quality for the same file size. Like, should we do that? He's like, eh, probably not. I don't know if that's going to perform super well because I don't think we have hardware encoding, but yeah, whatever. If you want to try it, you can. I'm like, cool. You know, I'll just do both because if I'm doing one, it's not that hard to do the other. I'll do that. Okay. Already long story, slightly less long. I start getting into this and I'm thinking that we have 100, 200 videos to render. We actually have 2,500 videos that have to be rendered. And they're not even like on my hard drive, they're sitting on Amazon servers, which, so it's, it's terabytes of data that I, I can't even download them in time. Never mind, get them rendered and re-uploaded. So I'm like, holy crap, what am I gonna do? I have to build a render farm. And so I wind up spending 14 hours that day or more, at least 14 hours, just from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed late at night, I'm trying to get this stuff built, like I'm building a render farm. And I'm just, so again, I'm in ultra focus mode. I mean, I'm not quite peeing in a jug, but it's like not that far off. Give me another day and I probably would have been there, okay? And so I'm working on this stuff and I'm like, okay, we got to spin up different clients. We'll do a remote server here, a remote server there. I got to build a, a, a database where they can all sync and pull jobs from and they got to run concurrently and all this stuff, right? And every step of the way, I keep, so they're H.264 format videos. I'm able to render those out fine, but the AV1 is giving me trouble. Like I, it's really slow or I don't really have it set correctly or the files are coming out too big or I can't get the most recent update of this software on the server to run. I just keep having trouble and I keep having to work through all this stuff and I finally get it working. Okay, next step. And then I have more trouble with the AV1. I'm like, oh God, I gotta figure it out, right? So finally, it's like the middle of the night I keep trying to start everything to get this stuff rendered by the next morning and it's not working and it, like it's finally starting to go and it, it's, you know, middle of the night. And I'm like, okay, I think this is all going to work. I have to go to bed. If it crashes now, I won't even have time to fix it and start it again before we need this stuff. So I'm just going to leave it. The next morning I wake up. Holy crap. It's a miracle. Everything worked. Stuff is rendered. It's been uploaded to where it's supposed to be. This guy that I'm working with, he's like, oh my God, this is amazing. I can't believe you did this. Mike, you're a genius. Miracle you figured this out and got this done. Wonderful. I'm like, okay, I did it. Fantastic. Got lucky a little bit, right? Like it was 50-50 whether this was even going to work. And so I asked him like, okay, and it's working? Like everything's good? And he's like, yeah, yeah, everything looks awesome, performing really well. You know, this H.264 format, it's working great. I'm like, did you try the AV1? And he's like, yeah, it didn't really work. You know, the, the CPU's bad. And I'm thinking, or the, the performance is bad. I don't think we can really use that. And I'm thinking, I spent so much time trying to get these videos rendered out in this format. But now that I think about it, that was a stupid idea. 
He never thought that was the thing we needed to do. I never thought that was the thing we needed to do. That was just this random afterthought that I had at the very start of this thing. Just thinking, eh, I might as well. Because if I'm going to do one, I might as well do the other. And I wound up almost tanking the whole project. Obsessively trying to get this particular video format to work. That we did not even use. And we aren't going to use. Because we can't. And we never were. It just doesn't make any sense. And what's funny about that is that, I mean, I spent, I worked so hard, I mean, just nonstop all day to do this thing, to build the system that's complicated and difficult. And I actually did really good work, except that I was very, very stupid and I was unable to make a very critical judgment decision where if, if I just taken like half an hour to come up for air and stop, I would have gone... This is dumb. I don't need to do this. Forget about the AV1. I'll just get it. Like, we can be done with this in a couple hours. And everything's fine. So I I worked so hard that this thing took me 14 hours that I could have done it in six. If I had worked a little less hard. Okay. So the point of that, again, it worked out fine. It wasn't the end of the world. Although, it, I mean, the project went fine. I was a mess. I was an absolute disaster wreck. On Friday, I've just been so... I mean, I haven't taken a break. I haven't thought about anything else for days now. And I'm... I don't even know what the word is. I'm, I'm working. I'm trying to... It's like I'm distressed. My heart rate is high. I just feel terrible. I feel really bad really bad and i'm i don't know it was kind of a disaster for me and it it comes down to my inability to make a judgment call that should have been very obvious and almost anybody if, who understood what was going on would have said don't do that very simple but i couldn't i couldn't make that judgment call because i'm so fixated and obsessed on this thing that I've gotten my I got myself into this mode, kind of feeling like it's a superpower, like oh, I could focus so hard now. And it wound up kind of screwing me, and it nearly tanked this project, which fortunately it, it didn't. But I think that's what VST here was talking about. I hope. Yeah. I think Okay, well there's prob well first I gotta remember how to talk because it's been so long. Uh I told you beforehand it's a long story. You said to just tell it, so I did. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad you did, and I think that's a very, very good example of why people are always hyping up focus all the time, mm -hmm. and and we've talked about that before. They they make it like this. That's the goal for every productivity thing is just to super focus all the time, always, but. I think we've found that focus can actually lead to some yeah there's some a bad things there's a dark side to it too yeah the, yes the dark side so I guess there's a couple things from your story that's that kind of comes up the I want to know what you think you could have done differently to avoid that and two why does that happen yeah why do you think that happens I, so i don't 
A hundred percent, though. We've had a couple people diagnose us with ADHD. Not doctors, just random YouTube commenters. Um, I don't think it's that. I think, okay, maybe two people have said That's kind of a lot to just tell you you have ADHD. I don't know. <laughs> That's a weird... Whatever. Um, so, I... Here's what... It, one... Weird observation. Wednesday, when I'm kind of very much ramping up into this hyper-focus mode that I can't detach from, I you know, I sit down to play a game, and I can't focus on it. I just, I keep getting pulled back to this other thing. And before I know it, I'm back there just working away at the laptop or something. And it's weird because that feels so similar to what happens when I can't focus, which is... I'm supposed to be doing work and then I start playing a game like I'll just do this for half an hour and I, I can't get myself to go back to work or I keep wanting to alt tab and everything. It's as if I don't know it, it feels weirdly similar being able to uh, or being hyper focused is in some ways just the inability for you to focus on something else something relaxing and enjoy it and embrace it. Whereas being unable to focus is a weirdly similar thing too, where you just you keep getting distracted and you can't focus on this other thing. I don't know what that means. I just think it's really weird. It, it's almost as if in both cases you can't stop focusing. Kind of, yeah. On something, and in yeah. one case you're trying to focus on one thing, but you're focused on the distractions. You you yeah. can't let go of the random stuff like watching a youtube video or yeah it's like a it's a fixation of your mind kind of where it's it just gets kind of stuck on something and you can't you can't move it it just keeps going back but this is not something that i i mean i i know exactly what you're talking about because i've experienced it uh, all the time but it's not something that doesn't go away and in your case it went away for about 2 weeks and then it kind of started to overturn to the point where yeah the the problem then comes up when you're focusing not when so you're not focusing. yeah i think you can i have proven this to myself you can stay in the dark playground indefinitely i can go for a very long time where i don't focus on anything i have it's been kind of it, it's terrible actually but the that mode of just constantly drifting from one thing to another that's extremely sustainable you can do that forever and it's not i mean it's gross and it's unproductive and it makes you feel bad about yourself but it doesn't lead to those massive fatigue episodes uh, like you can get when you get your focus really in line and, and moving along like that to me focus is a great thing i'm i mean it's euphoric to get to the point where I'm really focused on stuff. It's exciting. I'm I'm very into it. But just leaning into that so far and pushing it so far to where it starts to get out of control, there's clearly a problem there too. So it's it's not so much about just push your focus as hard as you can, bring it up to, you know, super ultra hardcore levels. And the more the better. It it's more like you need to have there, there needs to be a more subtle model for for what you're looking for there. It can't just be go nuts with focus. Did I make a point there? I'm not sure. 
Well, yes, the, the point is it can't just be focus all the time, always, that you have to balance it out, otherwise you run into problems like what you ran into. My question is, how do you balance it out? I mean, the, the easy answer is, well, just go exercise or something for a bit at the end of the day. But I'm wondering if there's easier ways because you you tried that. I mean, you you tried carrying on a conversation with a friend, and it you still mm-hmm. couldn't quite let it go. And I'm sure you did other things, but or you said you took a shower, you tried to go to sleep, but it didn't really matter what you did. Yeah. You kept coming back to it. You couldn't let it go. So this is well. Do you have an answer for that? I have a half baked theory, but yeah, I have. Well, all right, here's my quick answer to your question. One, just not letting the situation get to that point. Um, Wednesday shouldn't have happened. It's the, the moment that I see a good friend of mine and I have a feeling of, oh, I hope this conversation ends soon so I can get back to work. That should be a huge red flag. If nothing else, I just don't, I don't want to be that kind of person. That's crappy. I care about my friends. I really like them. And I, that's just bad, right? Objectively, that's bad. So that should have been the first sign of, hey, something's going really wrong. So I don't know what the the prescription is. Hopefully we'll kind of figure that out. But whatever I need to do should have been done then. That should have been laptop gets slammed closed. This clearly is not the right path, right? Or or at least something has to get moderated. So there, that's part of it. Don't let it get to that point. Um, and it, it I want to stress, it got pretty bad. I mean, on Friday, I'm... I'm not in a great place. I'm really feeling bad about myself, about everything. I mean, I'm I'm upset. I just, I feel depressed isn't quite the right word because to me, depressed sort of, uh, I don't know, like implies sort of a lower energy state. This is more like agitated and just, I don't know. It's really bad, really bad. So the first part to the answer, don't let it get there. It can't get there. It's really bad. It's hard to recover from. Really hard to recover from. But what's what's your half-baked theory? So in the original comment, uh, VST Hero mentions hyper-focus, which yeah. I guess we've been talking about. But So I start looking into that just a little bit. I did not do any serious research, but I start looking into that, and it... Apparently, it's very connected or exactly the same as flow, which is the popular thing of sort of like this euphoric state when you're super focused. Everything you just described about like just sort of being addicted to being focused, that's flow. Yeah, for some reason, we both really don't like the term flow state and we never say it, but it's it's fair. Maybe because we haven't read the book. Is there a book on the flow state yeah there is i think right or at least i a don't paper know by the the scientist with the super long name but yeah i think there's a book <laughs> we probably don't like it because we don't we haven't read it yet that's true the other reason I, I guess is because i don't know when people don't know what they're talking about they'll just say flow and try to sound cool and then maybe that's must be what it is it it feels like a buzzword thing props to the guy that gave it a name he gave it a great name it's too good actually that's the problem it's it's too good of an yes. So anyway, moving on past the name <laughs> of flow, it's basically this euphoric state of being super focused, and okay. it's just this this wonderful thing that you feel when you're really focused. Gotcha. Which I'm not feeling right now because I can't remember what I was going to say next. Okay, that's on me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was doing this a little bit of research, and I found that hyper focus was the same as flow. 
which was kind of interesting because hyperfocus is usually associated with ADHD and this inability to stop focusing, which is actually exactly what you just described. Yep. But neither one of us has ever been actually diagnosed with ADHD or have any reason to think that we have ADHD, but I don't even want to talk about that. Right. I just thought it was very interesting that they were so closely related. So I start, I get on this website, like, I forget what it's called, but it, it was like the Flow website. And they list off um, all these different chemicals that are supposedly sort of released when you're in this flow state. I don't know what the research was on that. I, you know, I don't know what studies they did or whatever. But basically the gist was that when you're in the flow state, you know, the chemicals are released in your brain. And just like at any other time of the day, chemicals, whatever they are, are released in your brain. Something, something happens, okay? I'm not a scientist. I don't really know. But okay. the interesting part to me, okay, you can stop me in a minute. But the interesting part to me was that when you're in that flow state, the reason why you feel really good is because of certain things going on in your brain. Just like any emotion that you feel, it's a combination of things. Dopamine, epinephrine, serotonin, like, right. I have a list. Yeah. Norepinephrine, dopamine, anandamide, endorphins, oxytocin, serotonin, whatever. I don't want to get too into the names because I don't really care about them right now. And as, and as soon as we list them off, I feel this responsibility to know everything about them, which I don't. Um, okay. But the, I guess my point is that you feel really, really good. And according to this site and really just my own experience and yours, you can get really addicted to this feeling. Now, they don't actually call it addicted. They call it something else. So it doesn't sound as bad, but you get really addicted to this feeling and you just want more and more of it. it when I get really into a painting, the, that feeling, it doesn't happen that often. But when, when you hit it just right and things are going really well, I don't want to do anything else ever. Like that's the only thing I want in the world. It is, it's this incredible feeling that probably most of us have felt before. It's not, it's not like it religious feeling it's just like a it's just a feeling but it's really really good and i just want more of it and more of it and i I don't want to let it go and i i've been through two three week-long binges what you just described Mm -hmm. where things build up and build up and you just get more and more of it and it it becomes easier to access and it's just this incredible wave that you, you just ride and you build this momentum and you can't stop it so I think what begins to happen is if you think about it like a drug where you're kind of addicted to it, there's this diminishing return mm-hmm. to where you're kind of getting used to it and you, you want a more intense feeling. And so you keep upping it and you, you spend even more time. Instead of eight hours, you spend 10 hours. Instead of 10, you spend 14, right? To the point where everything else is pushed to the side. And what happens at that point is you're now I'm totally guessing and theorizing, drawing conclusions that I know. I, I'm just basing this on my own experience, but it feels as if this is our podcast. You'd say whatever you want. Oh, I don't want to say stupid things, but I'm basing this off of my own experience with it. And it feels like I am completely depleting all of the wonderful feelings in my brain to the point where 
I, I buckle down and I try even harder to get that feeling, but they just like the, that euphoric feeling the that, I don't know. It's just, you can't get it. I mean, or, or maybe you're getting it, but it no longer feels good. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like it flips and it, you just become desperate. And so you, you don't sleep, you don't eat, you don't do anything. You just want more of it. Uh, and then you crash and burn just like you did. That's been the same thing for me. And it's this yep. really weird, like you can't feel happiness. You can't feel joy or, or patience or anything. You just, yeah. ah, you're just so angry and miserable. And it's not really depression because you're not like sluggishly, you know, in bed, don't want to move. You're obsessively trying to get that feeling back but you can't because you're just depleted you haven't spent time recharging at least that's what i think is going on um you you need that time to to build back up those things all the resources that you use when you're in that state that's my theory on it yeah no i okay i know i give you a bit of a hard time sometimes or i roll my eyes a little bit at some of the hormone stuff because it it feels oversimplified in like pop culture you know that everybody's talking right, about right. dopamine constantly and well that's why i wanted to, to skim through it but i just i just want to say that i am on board and i think you're right um it, it in a way it doesn't the hormones are really complicated and they all work in different ways and it's it's probably not very smart to just give them cartoonish little names of dopamine is for motivation and serotonin is for happiness. I don't like that, but it doesn't matter. Like you said, it doesn't really matter because whatever's happening, whatever process your body is using, whether it's purely hormonal and there's other factors in there too, all that stuff, that thing is still taking place where what we're both experiencing, a major part of it is let's just to be simple, call it adrenaline, right? You're very, very alert. Your energy level gets very high and you're able to achieve it and sustain it and in a sense well not in a sense like very much so if you're getting distracted all the time it feels to me like that constant context switching of just sort of drifting around it sort of dissipates that you aren't sustaining your mind on one thing you aren't building this intense focus and you aren't really hitting those moments of big intensity it's sort of smothering that or spreading it out right no, you run into you run into other issues, but right. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing at all, <laughs> but this particular problem doesn't seem to happen in that scenario. When you're hyper focused like this, whether you're training it yourself and trying to really build this up, or something, some circumstance causes this, like deadlines at work and that that sort of stuff, you get to this point where your your alertness is very high, which is mostly adrenaline. And you're operating, it's it's like, you know, dumping nitrous into a car or something. You're just kind of screaming along. And there are byproducts of that. Cortisol is one, again, not to oversimplify, but like it's a stress hormone. And we know that it, it builds up in response to this. So you you feel this really high energy state, but you also have this stress response and you're... you're uh, sympathetic nervous system gets ramped up and your heart rate gets higher and your heart rate variability goes down and all these physiological processes happen in response to this and our name for most of that is fatigue right like you get you build fatigue that wednesday night 
of me going to bed and having this almost fever dream like experience of being my mind is is weirdly repetitively just obsessing over these things uh that's clearly some kind of stress response something is happening there that's causing this almost maladaptive thing to go on in my mind i guess what i'm saying is thinking about it in in those terms of of thinking about it a bit like a drug about something you're you're doing or your body is experiencing is probably a pretty useful way to think about it because it, it does seem to line up with the way this happens in the trajectory and i we know this um let's just taking dopamine for example right like your brain has little dopamine emitters and receptors right and there's kind of this baseline level of, of dopamine that kind of moves through your brain and if you get something causes this big release of it where boom this big spike of dopamine maybe something really awesome happens that you're super excited about or you take a drug that causes it to be released you get this big spike but it doesn't it, like you've kind of depleted what's there the the emitters sort of lost their dopamine and as you get back to baseline your baseline level is lower you just don't have as much so you kind of just feel crappier and that's the case for most things right you have this kind of rebound effect almost the problem here is that you aren't rebounding i'm, I'm unable to to right disconnect from this thing so it's like just the depletion gets more and more and i can't stop it so okay let maybe we transition into solutions okay well okay you described this story that took place over you know two two and a half weeks yes but i've yeah. also felt that I've, I've also definitely felt this effect maybe not as much but a similar very similar effect within you know one day or two days um yeah. where maybe i'm super unfocused one day and the next day i am then very focused and i you know i latch on to something that i just can't let go of and it burns me out and yeah. can really mess me up even if it's just one day it doesn't have to be over the course of two two and a half weeks right uh, well i will say this two two and a half weeks the first 90 percent of that was really good i was super happy with that of me just right you know, working on this this focus mindset and getting better and better, and I'm I'm extremely happy about that. It really turned into these couple last days where it spun out of control and then turned into kind of a disaster. So, right, it wasn't the whole thing that was bad; just the end. Yeah. So, I I think one of the things that keeps me it keeps me wanting to focus and you know want to come back to the problem and just sort of the way I justify it is that. I, I see that as the right thing to do. Like I, you know, if I work super, super, super hard, mm -hmm. you know, that's the right thing to do. So why would I come away from something when that is the right thing to do? Right. Um, and, you know, I get into this obsessive state, but okay. <laughs> I mention his name all the time. James Gurney, one of my favorite artists, whatever. He's this guy. If you don't know who James Gurney is, he wrote Dinotopia, which is this extremely popular, very well-known book, or at least it was. Um, he's written some of the, the, the top 
art instruction books, top selling. They are incredible. He's he does DVDs. He's extremely <laughs> fluent in, in all these different mediums. It's important that I'm listing all these things. I know. I just uh, I wish you were like selling something of ours, but you're just. Oh yeah, we have a podcast. Yes. That's it. End of list. Uh, right. He he's an animator. He's extremely good at at oil painting, at watercolor, gouache, casing, all these different mediums. Uh, he has a YouTube channel. He's got instruction books, DVDs, but whatever. He he he's a scientist. He's a writer. He's an artist. He's just absolutely phenomenal. He's right. an animator. I probably re- repeated a few things, but basically, he is the we, absolute example the of a polymath. Yeah. To me, he, I mean, he is on the level of like Da Vinci type person. He's incredible, and he is so extremely prolific that you think, okay, this guy must be this crazy dude that just sits in a cabin all day and just I don't know, just works constantly all the time, always. How is he so good at so many different things? Uh, and I think of me when I work really hard. I'm like, you know, super obsessive and God, leave me alone. I'm I'm working, you know. Yeah, but this guy, he, he's got a family. He's been married forever. He's got two, you know, two children he raised that are doing great, um, and uh, he's just this laid back, totally normal, chill, humble, happy guy. He's just there's never a hint of frustration in him, and it's it annoys me. It's like just I I don't know. It doesn't really annoy me, but it it confuses me. How is it that this guy that's so like seemingly laid back and totally cool with everything, how is he so good at everything? I was listening to... (laughs) This is upsetting you. Yeah. I was listening to this interview with him, and the interviewer asks him, like, James, how do you do it all? Like, how do you know so much about so much different stuff? And he's like, well... You know, no matter he said something along the lines of no matter how obsessed you how obsessive you are or how, you know, dedicated or determined you are to do something, you should always keep ten percent of your time to dedicate to something new. And I was like I was really hoping for a better secret than that. But I've thought about it and I've tried applying that at times to my own stuff, and if at the end of the day I can spend 10% of, and I think what he meant was not spend 10% of your life, say, with your family, or 10% of your life exercising. He meant 10% of that time that you spend super focused, spend 10% of that time doing something new. Um, and his reasoning is because art grows better in rich soil. And if you keep using the same stuff over and over again, it just doesn't grow. Like, he's an artist, yeah. so you need a constant flow of new information. And I have found that adding in that extra 10% of new stuff makes a world of difference. It makes everything feel new. You feel refreshed. Um, that might sound too simplistic, but I think it's actually... It could it could work. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute then. I want to maybe read too much into that. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. It was cool. a quick thing that he said, but yeah. Well, 10% is not a whole lot, but he- here's what I, I think is probably really key there. I mean, I didn't 
during this 14-hour workathon, I didn't take any time. You know, 10% of that would have been, you know, hours. Uh, there's, I think the a big part of the root of the problem is an inability to let go. You're clinging to a, a mode of thinking for many different reasons, but there's an inability to say, okay, I'm going to step away. I'm going to go do something else. And and it's just literally hard to do anyway. Like I said, I tried to step away and couldn't. And so we'll talk about that in a second. But um, being able to say, I'm getting away from this and it's going to be okay. I don't need to spend every second. That takes this, it takes an effort. It takes this resolute, okay, giving this up. Giving 10% of your day to, okay, I'm going to go try something new. It's not, you know, it's not going to help me hit this deadline. It's not going to help me, you know, accomplish this particular thing. It, there is some element of letting go and allowing yourself to just, you know, give up or temporarily give up on this thing and even mentally give up on that thing. And that's, that's a difficult thing to do, but I think that's what's really key about that. that that's why I think it's not so much the 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 10% itself it's being able to get yourself in the mindset where you allow yourself to spend that 10% I, of time on something else i wonder how much personality plays into that decision i imagine it's because, a big part because to me if if me working really hard is somehow solving some deep rooted emotional imbalance or whatever that formed my whole personality then me <laughs> letting go of that feels really wrong but if yeah. someone someone else that just enjoys work you know yeah i wonder how much personality plays into into the ability to just kind of let go and be okay with stepping away for a minute right yeah just if you aren't able to do that i think that's a warning sign that i obviously ignored quite a bit but yeah and and i agree with you i think personality is probably a huge part of it i'm not known for my ability to let go of things so what are you going to do differently all right a couple things one uh, vst hero pointed this out actually it seems like when you get into these episodes there's this huge uh propensity for getting sucked into the attention spun types of types of things where okay you're scrolling reddit and whatever like i the susceptibility of that is becomes really high and you know i think it's actually the easiest way out where i've spent weeks just focused on focus really trying to train this and get this in a really good spot and it worked and i feel very focused to the point where it got out of control and so the easiest and most immediate way to solve this i can't unfocused problem is to just start consuming all that garbage of stuff that grabs so stuff that is designed and engineered to take your focus and distract you and, and not have you focus on any one thing for very long like that's the, it's the perfect solution in a way of it just completely trashes your focus like i could basically take all that work from the it's past two weeks and throw it away cast the ring into the fire and go back to just being an idiot and never being able to do anything it's like when a speeding car is, you know, speeding down the highway and all the cops are chasing it. And to avoid a wreck, they smash right into them and cause a wreck. But it's a little bit more controlled than what, yeah. you know, if you just let them go. 
Right. It's a disaster, but it's sort of a controlled yes. disaster, I guess. Sure. So that's what that's what has happened in the past. Not necessarily. In the past, I haven't thought very much about it. I'm just like, man, I feel like an absolute dumpster right now. Man, I've been working a million hours a day. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I can't anything. This sucks. And then, hey, wow, I guess I've been on Reddit for seven hours and whatever. Like, it's it's not a not a process that I'm really been thoughtful about and in control. Of. But that's what's usually happened. A crash and burn with that kind of thing that completely trashes my focus and I get back into dark playground and the cycle continues. I don't think that's the best right. solution, but in a sense it is a solution, right? Well, I, I, when you finally get to the point where you're super focused and you're feeling great, you, your brain wants to go right back into that because it feels really great. Yeah. So it's very difficult to convince your brain to go to something else because why would it like it? It already yeah. found the thing that it wants, which is to feel good. So in order right. to leave it, you have to make that thing more appealing than the initial thing, which is difficult. And you're right. Well, some of those really cheap things like candy bars would be yeah. like Reddit or whatever. That would be more appealing. But yeah, it's almost it's almost like you got really fit. And you're doing great. And then you hurt yourself. And so you're like. Well, I, I ran so hard, I hurt myself, so now I'm going to eat a bunch of garbage and go back to being a slob and can't run anymore. Right. right. Like, you reverse, you fix the problem, but it still sucks. Okay, here's here's what I have found. I'm actually in a pretty good place now. Uh, this week was rough. I mean, really rough. And Friday, I felt terrible. I mean, just objectively, I felt terrible. Um, and what broke me out of it or what had to happen because I, I kept I kind of knew what was going on and I'm trying to get away from it I keep trying to relax I'm going for a walk it doesn't work whatever uh I went and saw a movie Sam in the movie theater called Northman I still can't decide if it was a great movie or a terrible movie it was really weird really weird um but that's not the point I'm not trying to review this movie uh it's a movie in a theater for a, a long time. Movies go really long these days. And I, well, I actually had my phone. I had to take it because I needed to message Sam. But it's like switched off and put away. And so like I just I don't have access to my phone. And I'm just there for three hours, right? Sitting in a seat with this thing in front of me. And the movie, you know, if, if we were staring at a blank wall, probably my mind's going to sit there and keep thinking about the same stuff. But it's not. It's this engaging, weird, violent, strange movie. And... It took about an hour. It was around an hour to where I, after an hour, I had this thought like, hey, I, I feel reasonably okay right now, which was not a feeling I'd had in the past few days. Uh, and I, just, I could feel myself feeling better throughout the movie. And I think the reason is that I'm not, I mean, it's a movie, right? It's entertainment, but I'm not sitting there gratifying impulses on a phone scrolling through Reddit. But I'm also in a new environment, completely separated from any connection to any of this stuff that's been consuming my mind for the past few days. And so at the end of this three hours, I walk out of there and like, I'm thinking about this movie. My mind has finally switched to a new thing. And that's what I've I've been putting. I, I'm in a new environment. That's the only thing in front of me for like three hours, and then finally, it like my mind kind of reengages on this thing. 
And even when we get home, I can feel myself wanting to revert back. I'm taking a shower and like I'm kind of still thinking about the movie. But then my mind keeps going, what about this thing that we were working on? Let's maybe we could just do a little bit of that tonight, maybe for like an hour, just try to get this one little feature built or something. And I'm like pretty in control of my thoughts at this point going, no, I get what's happening. It, it wants to revert back, but I got this brief respite from this thing. So for the rest of the night and for all day today, I actually today I'm thinking I can't be at home. I know I can't be at home because there's too much stuff there. Like I'm going to get sucked back in. I just know that. So I biked 25 miles, which I know some people, for me, that's a lot. 25 miles is pretty hardcore <laughs> for me. Uh, so I'm just on a bike out somewhere. I go to the bookstore, go to the grocery store, uh, rode up to a friend's house, stayed there for a while, rode back. Like I'm just completely gone the whole day, as separated as I can in a new environment, um, trying to do physical things. And just complete separation. And I think that that's... Well, we'll see how things go next week, right? But what I want is to maintain my ability to focus. That's so wonderful and amazing to me. I mean, I was like euphoric with this ability that I can really focus on this stuff. So I want that. But I also don't want it to like completely trash me and get completely spun out of control. So what I'm looking to do is... To not go down the attention sponge rabbit hole of just completely destroy things. I want to do more wholesome things that put me in a new environment where I, I'm cutting the cord from myself to this other stuff, at least for a while. And then uh, I will have very strict rules this next week of I want to maintain focus. I want to be really on task, but then there's a hard stop time. And it's not just, okay, five o'clock, time to stop and go eat and like still sort of half work and keep thinking about this stuff. It's like five o'clock and I'm going to go to the gym and do this or I'm going to go watch another movie or whatever. Like just try to build ways of separating myself from that stuff. That's my plan. Yeah, I did. I did the exact same thing today. I, I yeah. was actually getting really frustrated with what I was working on. But I was, you know, I kept obsessing about it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything good. I'm going to go for a run. So I went for a run. And about halfway through, I start feeling really good. And, you know, you can feel yourself start to let go of those things and see the bigger picture, realize, okay, I'm frustrated, but it's not, I can fix this, whatever. And Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the big mistake that I make there is thinking that I can just kind of think my way out of it. Mm -hmm. Almost in the same way of thinking, oh, I'm addicted to my phone. I'll just try to not use it as much. You know, everybody's tried that. Nobody succeeded at that. But if you change the environment, if you make the choice of, okay, I'm going somewhere all day today and I'm not bringing it, then you just you can't use it because it's not there. Like that's the kind of choice that, at least for me, is it's the only effective thing. Or same thing here. The only thing that was really effective is to just new environment, new circumstance where I physically cannot access these things that I've become obsessed with. And I, I think that's the only effective way for me. I started making a list of the things that make me feel good 
you know, going for a run is one of them. Oh. Taking a shower is another one. <laughs> like just it, a list of things that kind of bring me out of that super focused mode or even just super frustrated mode. Right. Uh, that fixation. So yeah. I think making lists is good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we, should we let go of this topic? <laughs> Probably should, right? <laughs> I don't know how long it's been, but. What? Okay. One more quick thought on this. There is this feeling of more is better. If I spent eight hours working on this thing, I could do twice as much if I spent 16 hours. And I think there's some hubris there. There's this feeling of, you know, I, I can do that. I can keep going. I feel fine. But like this almost disaster day where I'm trying to get this stuff done and I make, I wind up making really bad decisions. I think you have to accept that you have a limited capacity to do effective work or effective anything. And even though it doesn't feel like it, it's actually remarkable how much it doesn't feel like you need to stop. Uh, you do, you just have limits. You know, I can bench press X amount, X number of times. I can't do it for twice that. I just can't. And I, it's a little easier to accept with physical things because there's this really strong physical response of, wow, I, you know, my head's about to explode or you know, you're running and you're completely exhausted. But for mental stuff that just, we don't, I don't think we really have that same response where you, you, the mental fatigue, you don't feel it in the same way. And in some ways you almost don't feel it at all. You have to like be on the lookout and go, wait a minute. I'm, I'm actually fried. I'm making bad choices. And you just, you have to accept that there are those limits in the same way there's limits on you going out for a run. Uh, and you have to respect that fact and you have to stop because it, you aren't going to do better if you go for longer. What you're going to do is make a lot of mistakes, lose your ability to make good judgments. You're going to get burned out and then you just quit entirely and you never do anything. So that's just a, a hard lesson for me to really accept, especially day to day. But I think it's really important. I think it's important to know that that we're built to be able to do that. I mean, it but it's like this what is it, the nitrous or whatever that cars use? Yeah. I've just, I've it, watched like Fast this, and Furious one time. That's why I'm going away. Oh, I didn't even watch any of it. But it it's the red button, you know? You press the red button, you're able to do that. And you can use it once in a blue moon. Like it's a thing that humans are capable of doing, but once you right. hit it, yeah. you have to deal with the repercussions. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what you're looking for is like in a more sustainable sense, you know, yeah. bursts of deep focus, you know, attention, energy, but they're limited, constrained to where you're able that in in uh powerlifting we have this thing that we talk about. Uh, it's called uh, maximum recoverable volume where and there's there's minimum effective volume max recoverable volume minimum effective volume is like the least you can do to where it still does something you know if you go lift like this you could do this much stuff any less and you're just not really going to maintain where you're at but there's the maximum recoverable volume which is this is the most you can do uh, and still recover from it and be able to do your next training session effectively. Any more than that 
and okay yeah you got it done during that day but for the next session you're sore and fatigued and so you actually can't have an effective session next time so by definition if you exceed your maximum recoverable volume uh you're you're hurting yourself like overall even though it feels like you did more you're doing less because you're hurting yourself uh for the next training session and so that's that's a hard limit you can't exceed your max recoverable volume or it's detrimental uh and again that's a very well understood concept in powerlifting and and other sports too i'm sure same thing but for this kind of stuff we don't really tend to think that way like there is a maximum effective or maximum recoverable volume of focus you can do in one day and that's it if you exceed that you hurt yourself the next day and you've done damage plain and simple let's end with that we've hit our maximum recoverable episode length yeah agreed okay (laughs) cool thanks everybody for listening uh this is quite a journey on this topic which is awesome we can't say enough how much we loved and uh learned from the the conversation feedback that we got from everybody um so thanks We'll be back next week. You can leave a comment here. You can talk to us on Discord. You can email us at the podcast at gmail.com. We have actually opened up memberships on Anchor, which is the podcast platform, which I think works on any podcast platform and on YouTube. So if you're interested in supporting the show, we obviously love you for that. Um, but thanks, everybody, just for being an unbelievably great community. See you next week.